Hello. Welcome to the Heart Audio Cables podcast. Are we calling it the Heart Audio Cables podcast now? <laughs> yes. Did I call it that? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Let's start over. Let's start over. I no, it's, it's fine. It's fine. fine. No, keep going. it's too late. Keep going. No, come on. I'm starting No over. more cuts. All right. I'm just going to edit the second one out and use the I know, first because one. it's really cute. Hello. Welcome to the Hard Audio Cables podcast. Is this a joke? Or... He did it again. I don't know if he knows. Did I do it again? <laughs> third, time, third time's a chart. Is meant to be. Here we go. <laughs> hey there. Welcome to the Club Club podcast. My name is James Alvarado. I am the lead do-nothing at Hard Audio Cables. I'm joined, as always, by the legend herself, Anna. Hi, everyone. And in Boston as well, Patrick. Hello. And... Here in town with me, old Tyler, Texas, Zachary. Hello. Hello. There, that was a little <laughs> better right there. Hello. How you guys doing today? Great. Pretty good. Absolutely great. How are you doing, James? Well, I got to design a bunch of stickers and a really stupid insert to include on all our orders today at work. So Aww. That's nice that you think it's stupid. Pretty good. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty silly. So, so James, what are we what are we talking about? That's right. This week was my pick, and um, after much deliberation, I chose "Summit" from the band Vow. Vow. So this record came out in 2010 on CD. It came out on Gilead Media, which is like a small like boutique label and record store. I think they briefly changed their name or something. I thought they changed their name. And then when I looked up, looked them up, they're called Gilead again. It's been a long time since I was super knee deep in all this stuff. And um, they also released this in LP form on Southern Lord, which I think is how I heard about Thou. Uh, like, I was I was really into Hydrahead and Southern Lord at the time, like, going down that rabbit hole. Yeah, those were the two big names. Yeah, all those, all those uh, bands from those labels, you know. And um, I think I got a compilation from Southern Lord or something, and maybe one of their songs was on it. I'm not sure how I got into them. Maybe it wasn't that, because I had listened to Tyrant before I had heard this album so this was their third record they had a their debut album was called tyrant their second album was called peasant and then there was this album summit if you go look on rate your music this album is rated at 3.62 it's the second highest rated album in their discography on there tyrant is rated first their first album i actually haven't really listened to tyrant um i would highly recommend but it. i i want to i i love this band um but I got into them through, uh, you recommended them, and I think you said to listen to Summit first, and then I kind of went from there and then listened to, like, newer stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I think... But I, I have listened to Peasant a little bit, and, like, the recording quality is, like, way worse than Summit. Um, yeah, I think... Is is Tyrant like that, too? Tyrant is probably, objectively, worse production-wise, but sounds better to me than Peasant. And so I would say Peasant is my least favorite 
released by them. For some reason, I just can't yeah. get into it much. Peasant um, has one really, really good song, though, that they have seen them play live several times that, like, it doesn't quite live up on the album, but live, that song just, like, absolutely which song? crushes. They reach out their arms or they stretch out their mm-hmm. hands or something like that. Um, yeah. Anyway. So, we will talk about them live because that is a very good topic, especially for this band. Um, mm-hmm. But the reason I kind of wanted to give so much context was I mentioned Hydrahead and Southern Lord, and more so for Hydrahead at this time. There was a little bit of those bands where post-metal was kind of maybe at its peak or maybe on the back end of the peak. And you had these bands exploring sounds that were more pretty or maybe hopeful that you wouldn't hear so much on metal records and post-metal records. And on that first record, that Tyrant record, that sort of influence is much more present for Thou. And it's still there on Peasant, and it still is there a little bit on Summit. But I think this is a significant record and interesting because, to me, I feel like this is the inflection point to sort of shows where they started to really go pedal to the metal in the direction they're sort of in now. You know, their mm-hmm. newer records, I think, are, are pretty far departure away from that whole 2000s post-rock exploration or whatever. And um, that's not to say they don't have their pretty moments still, but it's not as much of a focal point, I think. Mm-hmm. And so I thought that was that was why I probably chose this one over Tyrant. I love both of those records, but uh, anyway. So to get us quick, ahead, quick question: What is this uh, two two thousand eight release? Oakland is is that it? Is that an actual release? Or is that like a it's listed between Peasant and Summit on Spotify. They have a, they have a lot of complicated, complicated yeah. like multiple releases of the same thing. Weird. Yeah, it's, mm-hmm. okay. So I guess one more thing, maybe about the band that is pretty important to know. I think uh, is they are like a very very much DIY oriented outfit. They have always mm-hmm. sort of been that way. You can go to nolaDIY.org slash thou and you can read lyrics from every song they've ever put out. You can practically download every song they've ever put out and that's always been... Is the new stuff that from Sacred Bones on there? It is on no. there, yeah. It's on there. Yeah. <laughs> it's on there and everything's been uh, put in new compilations like they just re-released Summit. They just re-released Tyrant and like an LP uh, compilation and everything like that. Um, still there and, and I guess... They're very easily accessible as a band. At least mm-hmm. their singer is. You can find his email easily and contact them. And, I mean, they seem relatively approachable, right? Uh, what are they... There's like a catchphrase for them, right? That that internet band or whatever. What are they called? Anyway, it's on their shirts. <laughs> but uh, they used to also do things like they would not play a show unless it was all ages, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't think uh, when I would see them, I've seen them a few times, and uh, they sort of seem to, sh- to shy away from being on a stage. They'd rather be on the floor yeah, level the floor. with the crowd. So while that doesn't really have too much to do with the music, I think it is sort of so important 
that it does. It does inf- influence their good. sound and their presentation. Yeah, it's good good context the way you for, with them. for the music. Yeah. yeah. So with all that being I said, it, yeah. I wanted to see. I wanted to ask Zach to do this, but I was af- kind of afraid of what you'll say. So I wanted to ask Patrick to describe their sound <laughs> for our listeners. <laughs> why, why are you scared of what Zach? <laughs> what does thou sound like, Patrick? Just like really low tune guitars with a lot of distortion um and slow yeah slow. although some, they have some faster parts slow too, and low um but and very like uh like aggressively screams hard to understand vocals mm-hmm. but i like the vocals a lot they mm-hmm. it's well done and it fits the music really well yep, yep. very abrasive sounding band yeah absolutely so zach what were your general thoughts you james (laughs) james is just waiting for on me to to absolutely you let patrick go first oh let hannah go first. let let hannah go first wait why why i want to hear what hannah says (laughs) then zach everyone's afraid of me to talk on this one i know (laughs) zach's not allowed to talk james doesn't want his baby to be harmed yeah <laughs> for our listeners i think he's throwing it to the person wearing a thou shirt for, <laughs> um, if i could address the listeners directly for a second uh <laughs> we just yeah. made the podcast public this week hope you're enjoying it and if you have listened to the episodes up to this point you will know that zach is mid heel turn right now so maybe that is why we're a little reluctant to hear what he has to say maybe maybe yeah go ahead we'll see what happens anyways yeah so I really like this band. They're one of my favorite bands, I would say. Um, and yeah, like James introduced both Patrick and I to them. Um, they're definitely one of my favorite bands to see live. Um, we can talk about this a little bit later, but Patrick and I have like seen them live at least 10 times, I think. And like we've done a couple like seeing them several nights in a row, like when they've played several dates around New England, like driving a couple hours to like see them each day. Um, which is cool. So yeah, I hadn't listened to this it's album. Cool. It's cool to do that. It's very cool to do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I hadn't listened to this album quite as much as some of their other um, releases. And it's kind of interesting what you're saying, James, because I feel like in my notes, I wrote a lot. So I'm more familiar with like their newer releases, kind of like Patrick was saying. And I feel like I wrote in my notes for a lot of these songs, like, very classic thou and so like that's why it's funny that you were like oh yeah this was like a departure and like you know the beginnings of their like modern sound and i was like well yeah that makes sense of why i would think that then um so yeah i mean i i like this band a lot um i feel like we're just gonna be like fan girling this whole time so for sure i can't wait I kind of, I mean, I kind of want to go like song by song when we actually talk about it. Yeah, there's only Just because there's only five songs, yeah, five, or like four, yeah, four and a half, four point two five. So, I mean, everyone, yeah, I think like give your general thoughts, but then maybe let's just like for this one go like song by song. That sounds very reasonable. What are your general thoughts on this, Zach? Okay, um, I thought it was actually pretty good. Um, I liked it a lot. Do you want me to expand my, on my thoughts, or do you just want me to just stop I, mean, there? I just want to gloat and just say, that's right, you did. That's right, you did. Yeah, so... yeah. Just like, remember the last time we had a four out of four on this podcast, okay? Yeah, what was that? The last episode, actually? Uh, the Land of Talk episode, I think. Okay. Yeah, it, it sounds good. Like, it was 
is very heavy, uh, mixed pretty well, and uh, it was just good. Like, I it did take me a couple listens to get into it. To be honest, like I went around, um, kind of like walking around through my neighborhood. The first couple of listens, it kind of all just to be honest blended together. It did take a while for me to like kind of get into it. Um, yeah. But I have heard. I've heard some of their later stuff, and I I even went in and listened to that new. Um, is it May the Chambers Be Full? Is that the Emma Ruth Rundle one? Yes. Yeah. And I I really like that a lot too. Um, I think. Yeah, me too. Like, kind of listening to their newer stuff, it's it's definitely. I they their sound is a little different now too, which is interesting. Um, I did like some of their newer stuff I listened to in the past couple of days a little better, but uh, this is still good. Uh, in my notes, I I wrote legible bass, which is interesting. It's like I feel like some bands in this genre have the tendency to let the guitars take all the low tone, you know. And it's nice that they like kind of let some bass cut in for once. Yeah. Um, especially if they're tuned that low, you know. Sometimes, and that's just kind of like a thing with the mixing. Um, but yeah. I think this record was where, you know, they, they've recorded with this dude pretty much throughout their career. Mm-hmm. And I think this record is where they really found their groove. Like I would say, after this record, they probably all felt pretty confident going into the studio and knowing they'll be able to get good sounds or whatever, I'm, I'm assuming. But I also, you, you talked about the mix and everything, sound, how good it sound, sounded. This, to, for me personally, is my favorite sounding that record. This has my favorite production on it. Um, it could be too just the way the guitars are tuned and amps they're using or whatever, but it's my favorite sounding that that record. Uh, Patrick, it's your turn. I really like this album. Um, it had been a while since I had listened to it, so I was excited to spend some time with it again. Um, I think... Uh, there's always a thing that happens with bands where like the first album you listen to is like always one that you like a lot if it's a band that you end up liking and that's this album for me um i do think this band is somewhat unique in that like i continue to like their releases that they put out and keep up with what they put out Mm -hmm. we've been talked about this before um yeah but this band i keep up with everything they put out i want to hear it um uh, maybe some of the like covers albums i don't listen to but uh they're really good though <laughs> like, yeah, i don't I mean, keep up with all good. of them but like they are really did they good. really Black put Sabbath. out like three albums this year like uh last year yeah they did they often do that Jeez. um we can talk maybe more about some of the like um mixing and whatnot later but i i like it overall um I think it sounds really good. I think their newest stuff sounds better to me, but I this agree. is sort of like this is like the sort of prototype for where they ended up going. The, the new newer stuff basically sounds similar to me, but just more polished. Um, so, yeah, I love this band. D- definitely one of my favorite bands. Um, and I think what you talked about with like the way that they sort of present themselves is very approachable and not like I don't know. Not like weird stuck up metal dudes is very appealing. Right. Um, especially when you see them live, they're very approachable and like. I think it would fair, be fair to it's say it's very that. easy to like them if you see them live. I feel. Like. And I feel like yes. they kind of like make themselves like the butt of the joke yes. in like a <laughs> funny way. 
like right. with like their social media presence and like yeah. kind of just everything they're like very effective at that and it like is very sincere and like mm-hmm. i don't know mm-hmm. i think i find that very enjoyable they would admit that i think they actively distance themselves from the metal yeah, side of sure. their sound mm-hmm. they want to tour with bands that you wouldn't necessarily think are metal they want cool. to collaborate with bands that are a little bit different and um their ethics and the way they approach the band for sure it's not necessarily metal respect the hustle <laughs> hannah you went yes yeah she went yes so i guess that means we start with the first song or i guess i have to say my thoughts general thoughts huh i mean i like uh, it <laughs> we already know you like yes. it let's, let's get to the songs i don't care about go on and on. okay so <laughs> By endurance we conquer. He right. pulls out a whole book of notes. <laughs> Forty five pages. I wanted to send oh you guys pictures, God. but cameras these days are too good, and uh, I was afraid you'd be nitpicking all my notes. Uh, so, one thing about this lead track, <laughs> I love to do that. Uh, this is like one of my favorite album intros of all time. Mm-hmm. Like I love the way this album starts off because it's, you know, the, the music they've put out up to this point doesn't sound like that like you've got this arpeggiated slightly distorted guitar riff and then all of a sudden the drums come in with a blast beat and i thought that was a cool fake out and it's not like uh i, I, said, I said all of a sudden but it it sort of is like a the guy starts soft and keeps playing it harder until it's louder and then the other guitarist comes in and all he does is hit a palm muted note right like a palm muted chord mm-hmm. And it sounds like the earth is moving. And it, I just, it <laughs> sounds so awesome. I love that the dude hits one chord while this dude's arpeggiating some notes and the drums are doing a blast beat and it just sets the tone for the record. It's amazing. And, and you know, yeah, very good opening track. There is, you know, more of the black metal influences on this album than their previous stuff. And but yeah, that like, intro sets the tone for that. Yeah, it's cool. Like, and then it goes into like, it kind of like peels back from the from the blast beats and to like mm-hmm. kind of a slower just like a groove mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. I dig it yeah the like I guess it's yeah like the guitar solo I'm like looking at my notes that like comes in however like at whatever point in the song yep. Yep. I put I wrote that that was my ideal guitar solo because it sounds so emotional right right <laughs> that was what I put in my notes is that what part is that is that the him? last half of the song four minutes and I think it's seconds. like around I think it's around the middle of the oh, okay. song okay yeah, this part you're playing right now, Patrick. Not that they can hear that, but, <laughs> so, but just give them a minute marker, I guess. Yeah, it's a new switching, so. Yeah. I got them all down. Don't you guys worry. Yeah. Don't you guys worry. This is very emotional. I and really like it. I like how they did the double bass drum there and stuff in yeah. this song. They don't do that a whole lot anymore. Right. Um, and it sounds cool here. And it sort of bookends the album, because they do bring it back at the end on uh, Another World yeah. is Inevitable. But to Hannah's point, you know from that solo onward to the end of the song like it hits this emotional peak and it sort of never lets up and i, mm-hmm. I, I yeah. love it you know and one thing i want want to talk about is like for most bands i think doing this podcast makes me do it more than i ever have but i sort of have a tendency to ignore lyrics and so i, mm-hmm. I pull the lyrics up and listen to it this time yeah. and doing that made it made the album so much more interesting it's like a whole new element to like really hear what the dude's saying or whatever 
And it, it gave me a new appreciation for how well put together the songs are. And on this song in particular, I thought, you know, he really, really, uh, the imagery is really good, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought sure. the same thing. I hadn't really, like, analyzed the lyrics what's, before either, but then when you sent them, I was, you know, reading through them. What's also interesting it's, is, like, they're, like, 10-minute songs, and the lyrics are, like, two paragraphs at most. <laughs> Just, like, a right. few lines. He's, he drags right. it all out. It's kind of funny. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. it's, like... And, go ahead. Uh, it, it, some of the songs are, are kind of like your, your DMs, like describing your, uh, the world you just <laughs> hopped be. into on a, it could be on your D and D campaign. Yeah. Kind of part for the course with the genre sometimes. Uh, you know, it's sort of got this, you know, it opens up with saying like waves crash down and all that stuff. And you've got this imagery of rocks being pummeled by waves over and over and over again, mm-hmm. which I think is mm-hmm. one of the te- themes of the record, which I guess we can summarize some of that later, but you know, it's sort of like repetitious or, or repetition, mm-hmm. you know, or sort of like a continual punishment, some some sort. Yeah, yeah. kind of like the like I put at one point, like the like slogginess, or yes. toiling, toiling. Like, yeah, that's a good way to yeah. put it. And um, in my head, <laughs> Zach may I may relate to me more with this, but I picture like a really uh, well shot B roller or uh, scenery sort of tracking shot. Of, of waves in the style of Ridley Scott and Prometheus, you know, like <laughs> yeah, okay. with a nice filter over it or, uh, yeah. um, it just sounds cool. Sounds cinematic, cinematic, you know? And then with the lyrics and the vocals, I mean, it really is great. It, uh, I'm, but to, I, to hammer like the, sorry, Patrick, so the, the, the crashing down, I mean, like it's like right at six minutes in on this track where it just like absolutely slows down, which is like, they're just strumming like yeah like it is very slow yeah yeah and then they have that like is it like a synth or is it like a um i think it's like horns okay yeah yeah it's kind of hard to tell i was listening not with headphones earlier Mm -hmm. but uh that's i mean that just kind of evokes the same kind of like it's kind of like honestly like a scary sound Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to be honest like just picturing like i don't know uh, i don't remember the exact word for this fear but like there's this weird and it's not entirely like unfounded fear of of water at night you know Mm -hmm. so just like imagining like the ocean and pitch black waves crashing to that sound yeah it's it's cool paints a cool picture also to that point like i thought you know vocals aside the music sort of sounded like yeah pounding waves that was what i was trying to that was the point i was trying to make i guess i avoided saying that but yeah like the the guitars and the the drums in that part kind of is kind of like an ebb and flow. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. I was um, another thing about this song that I wanted to point out was I feel like this happens with bands. If I like the band, then I find this kind of thing endearing. But like, there's several points where you can hear the drummer make a little mistake, like a note was a little bit late or early or something. Yeah. But for some reason, I, lo- I love that when I hear it on the, an album like this where I like the band because it just makes it there is a, them seem more human or something. A note I wrote down on here was, Patrick, how'd you like the snare? <laughs> it's good. Yeah, it's good. Is it, I, it, it's, see, this was one that I thought that you would like. I mean, I knew you already liked the band, but it's kind of a... That's going to be a new segment, Zach <laughs> <Yeah>. guesses if <laughs> Patrick likes I, the snare sound and then Patrick reveals if he likes the snare sound. <laughs> It, it was really a cool funny. sound. It was a, it was a nice like high pitch kind of. Yeah, I like a nice good high pitch pop like that. Like, um, like almost like a piccolo, but not quite. 
<laughs> like for like this type of band, like it's kind of an interesting sound. Yeah, yeah, which I appreciate because, man, there are some really awful snare sounds in the metal world for sure. Do you guys want to yeah. move on to the next song? Yeah, track yeah. two. Yeah. Let's do it. So this one's called Grissicon. Yep, I put that it was impossible to not slow headbang when this song starts. <laughs> yeah. Do y'all... The only, note, the, no, uh, the only note I wrote for this one was classic uplifting thou at the climax. <laughs> climax. So I was going to... That is one of my notes too, is this is actually a more hopeful song. Yeah. I know. Well, I had never like really noticed the lyrics much, but when you I, sent I them, I was them. like, is this a love song? This yeah. is a love song. It is a yeah. love song. So I'm into that. So at 2.15 is oh. my second favorite riff of the whole album. And um, I wish, I mean, I guess we could probably put pieces of songs in here if we really wanted to make Patrick's jobs job <laughs> tough, but... It's just, it, it really is pretty much just the main riff, but it's just... I think played. that you should get your guitar and, like, play yeah. the riffs. What's There's funny is hard to figure them. out. But 90% of my notes for this song s- says the riff sounds like something James would play. <laughs> I'm not, is, I'm, I'm I mean, not joking. I mean, yeah, like, I yeah. think I've literally he- heard you play it. You might even play this riff before. No, I don't know how to play this song, okay. but I wish I did. Um, their stuff is hard to figure out. They use some wacky tunings. And so I always feel like it's just um, I don't have the time to sit around and well I haven't played my guitar in a long time in the first place but I mean if they're that approachable just email them well for some some tabs I don't want to be rude and part of the fun is figuring it out yourself right <laughs> so I do love the way they it's not an approach that you would assume from a technical standpoint on a guitar results in a heavy sound but it is heavy when the whole band is together on it at that 215 part where everyone kind of rallies around it it's it's really really cool and um this is one of those songs where I, one of my notes was you know knowing the lyrics now <laughs> with it mm-hmm. it really improves the experience of the song to me and one of the things i was impressed with continually um is the way the singer you know, he. I feel like he makes a point to not uh, sound too catchy. You know what I mean? You can hear moments where he could sort of, with you're reading the lyrics and you can see opportunities for him to like make something more rhythmic or more have a cadence that is maybe easier to latch onto. And it feels as though he purposefully avoids that. But that being said, uh, he is super good about like there's a thought that's being conveyed with the lyrics and the vocal performance and it uh, synergizes or whatever with the music super, super well. And this song was an example mm-hmm. of that where, you know, there's a thought and a climax and then the the music matches that. Mm-hmm. And I thought they, they do that a lot on the album, you know. The other thing I thought was interesting about this song, which I could be wrong about this, but... It was the only song I remembered, like, them going back to a part. Like, they kind of uh-huh. used that, that main <laughs> riff as, like, a chorus, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, they would cut back and forth a few times. I could be wrong, but I don't remember that ever happening again on the album. Mm-hmm. You might be right. Everything yeah. seems, like, very procedural in the way they write. Yeah, and that's what sort of makes a band like this more tolerable for me, 
with the long songs and everything is they're not just like jamming out and seeing what comes out like they have to be coordinating before they go and play these songs to a, a relatively high extent or whatever and i appreciate that you know i i don't know i uh, yeah it's something i appreciate about their sound their approach Uh, you guys like the piano that came in on this song? Yes, keys at the end are haunting slash cool. That's a note. Yeah. I what about like in the middle when it's like they're playing like the same thing as the guitar? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, it's keys at the beginning too. Piano, it's like kind of doing the keys throughout. Tour. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. I didn't notice them at the beginning. I keys all the way down. I I didn't really notice them to be honest. So yeah, they're like very just in there i guess i didn't i didn't know what the horns were earlier so maybe i'm just (laughs) i can just hear guitar okay maybe i didn't plug my headphones all the way in prometheus prometheus probably my favorite track on the the album I, i agree very good yeah it is probably mine as well there's uh there's a part i think it's exactly like four minutes in where he hits a chord um and like, okay, maybe maybe it's horns. I think I wrote strings behind it, but I think there's strings in this. Okay, song. cool. Yeah, I know some instruments. Okay, it's like four hundred one. Yeah, I like the strings that, in this song. That chord, I'm pretty sure I've heard James play that exact chord. <laughs> I'm just gonna put that maybe. out there. Maybe, yeah, but it's it's cool. Like it's a very it's very pretty. Like for this type of music, like it's a it's a nice mm-hmm. it's a nice sounding chord. And then it has those strings behind it that are like actually kind of unsettling and just kind of. Just yeah. kind of, kind of rising, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought that the strings added like a nice, you know, dim- like another dimension to it, you know, without it just being like pointless or tired or anything. I knew I should have added the string and horn uh, credits to my intro of the band mm. of the album. Mm. Sorry, guys. Yeah. So this has my favorite riff on the album at a minute and a half in. This is the one, like one that I put very thou riff. (laughs) So this is really I shouldn't even say this in in a public forum, but uh, I'm scared. What you got to say? (laughs) Grissicon and this album are what I listen to to get pumped before my softball games. (laughs) 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 That's what I put on in the car, and when this riff hits, I mean I have it blaring. That's perfect. That's how you hit all those home runs, James. So heavy. I was yeah. so scared where that was going, and I don't even know where it could have gone, you know? <laughs> so, probably lyrically, my favorite song as well. Um, mm-hmm. I wanted to say that it was sort of like, you know, it, it's a an indictment of religion, I guess, you know. But I, I don't think it's just religion, but sure. And a lot of the things that <laughs> they talk about, uh, you know, East Texas is sort of exhibit A for it, you know? in this song mm-hmm. they're not too uh, far in uh, baton rouge yeah i mean they live That's, in louisiana so. yeah yeah sure for sure so uh the rejection of free will the inability to meet the challenge of critical thought and individualism that i eat that up you know it's like just for me to, to be a little angsty teenager about um mm-hmm. but in the middle of that when he says uh he screams the challenge and it like syncs up perfectly where, where that riff comes in yeah and it is like peak of the album right there it's great and um 
And you just imagine yourself hitting home runs, like right there. <laughs> yeah. Not gonna I'm not going to set it. going to set it. So, yeah, this is another example of what I was talking about earlier, where, like, you know, it's not catchy vocal stylings, right? Mm-hmm. But it is really well done with the way it but it's impactful. intertwines with the music. And the music, the music helps tell the story, just like the lyrics are helping to tell the story or whatever. And um, it's a good performance. I wrote six minutes goon riffs. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, yeah. I'm loving this podcast. You guys are being really nice to me today. I know. Well, you, you can see... Just showering compliments on James. You can see who I'm ripping off all the time, for sure. They're yeah, that makes to. sense. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. And I'll talk more about that when we get when we wrap this thing up. Do we want to talk about... I keep wanting to say this is like the final track, but technically, I guess, it's the penultimate track. Mm-hmm. Another World is I'm, Inevitable. Yep. Let's do it. It's so chunky at the start. Mm-hmm. I know. I wrote that that riff has a pompous feeling to me. <laughs> pompous. Pompous. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I have the, 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 not the very beginning, but like what it shifts to, like uh, about like after like one. Oh minute. yeah. <laughs> you know it has. Uh, yeah, it kind of does. I it's, I like it. I it's love the intro thing. riff. I lo- it sounds like it's grinding. You know, like it's. Mm-hmm. Yeah. plodding along and grinding and, and uh, I picture like those this is really nerdy but the the big machines from uh, is it John Carter yeah they have like big machines on Mars that are like crawling across the earth mm-hmm. or, or big huge machines okay. like from uh, what's it called Alita Battle Angel James you got a lot of good video ideas for what them. a what a nerd yeah. what can I say guys uh I paint with a broad brush or whatever. <laughs> I don't know what. Um, I love that sound. Yeah. Does this song play around with, does it kind of move time signatures early on? Because I think. Um, I wrote that I like the quote weird timing stuff yeah, it's around like, six minutes. Like, I, I don't know if they're, it sounds like they're just kind of inserting some extra beats or something. Yeah. Um, I thought, I thought I, I heard, heard that in the beginning cool. too. Like, and maybe I just, maybe I just can't count. Um, but it, it sounds like like the main riff has like a quick turnaround that has like an extra beat or something in it. Mm, probably does. But uh, but yeah, I noticed that near the end too. This song sounds a little hopeful to me in the way the second song did. It's more mm-hmm. so at the end of it, and some really great lyrics. These intellectuals who replace facts with their mythologies. These tiresome brutes who violently. Uh, sustain might makes might pedagogy I thought that was cool so this is my I guess if I had to say least favorite song I guess this is like a lot of times when I listen to this album I, I listen to the first three tracks and this song gets sort of ignored you know but I appreciate it more now that I've approached the approach it like intently with the lo- lyrics and everything mm-hmm. it is cool it, in terms of putting it on the record with the other three tracks and thematically fitting i can see why it's there i think it uh ties the record together and and puts a nice punctuation mark at the end of it but yep and then there's one more track summit reprise it's like a short two minute thing my note is like it doesn't need to be a palate cleanser but i I don't mind it exactly it's just like 
it's two and a half minutes. It's fine. And uh, I try to picture like if the record just ends with another world is inevitable, still still good. And I don't mind the way it, with it ending with the reprise either. So I've got a hot yeah. take: uh, Summit Reprise, heaviest song on the album. <laughs> Sometimes that stuff is man. Yeah, I used to think like when I go to church and hear like you know you have one piano playing player playing some classic hymn. Some of that stuff is super heavy to me. I always used to always think like, man, I want to translate that to a wall of amps and yeah, like this train is bound for glory, real, yeah. real banger. Not not that way. Okay. Old stuff. Old. That's old a good song. No. It's a great song. I, I'm not joking about listen, it. It's go a- listen to uh, Big Bill singing that one. Big Bill Brunzi. All right. If there's any stray thoughts that anyone wants to throw out? I think that this album sort of like highlights a frustration with or being fed up with day-to-day malaise and whatever and um talks about a need for change whether that's individually or societally you know and explores Mm -hmm. that from an individual perspective and then coping with it or whatever and i think uh, yeah i think it's more i think they even would say, I think that it's a relative, it's one of their more hopeful albums. Um, I felt like sort of about struggling against the end of that the, song definitely feels like that. It is trying to convey that. Right. And even the album title summit. Yeah. You know, you're trying to reach the summit. I mean, it ends on this will yeah. be the day. And I think that's pretty hopeful. Yeah. 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 So good album. That's all right. Last thing we need to we did need to do customary. Patrick, can you describe the album cover for us? <laughs> there's ten. Which one? Which one? Yeah, there's still a lot to choose from. Let's Ooh. start with Spotify with the one on Spotify. This one, uh, it's it's a lot of fellas in the album art. Different fellas doing different things. Um, this guy, it's um some kind of etching from. Uh, it looks like it's an etching from the middle ages or maybe later than that i'm not i'm not an expert on etchings but uh it's a it's a guy looking up with a beard he's got a head dress of some sort on um and he's kind of clutching his breast um i i like the uh etching work it's like a very fine like detailed work that took a lot of skill to create um if i had to guess it's probably like a pharisee um, mm. but I don't know for sure that's who a, it is. That's a good take. And a lot of their albums are kind of in that style. Yeah, yeah, they seem to like that etching style a mm-hmm. lot. But um, there was another cover uh, that James knew of. And yeah, this was. I mean, what he sent me original. when. And this is another fella um, <laughs> walking in a industrial-looking neighborhood. It's very dark. He, we're, we're behind him. We see him in shadow. The sky is red. Um, there's smokestacks. He's wearing like a... Wait, are these dowlers? Like he's wearing like a newsboy's cap and a yeah. long coat, like a knee-length coat. Um, perhaps a messenger bag. Um, it's like a fence line that you seem, think you would see like along a beach. <laughs> it uh, It like reminds you, it's like if they were like listening to the intro 
um, to that one Godspeed You Black Emperor song. Hmm. <laughs> Dead yeah. Flag Blues. Yeah. Yeah, this yeah. is what you would paint trying to like paint that scene. Right. Right. So I, I with that you know, for me personally, that second description you gave is like what I identify with as the cover of the album and I eat that stuff up where it seems like the dark side of like the industrial complex or whatever. Yeah. And uh you drive through Newark, New Jersey at night. That's yes. what it looks like. <laughs> for a dude who had to live the cube life for a little while and has now escaped at least momentarily, you know, I dig stuff like that. I think that's why maybe I, I think that stuff comes across in the album, even if maybe that's not what it was. It's a way for me, way I interpret it anyway. And um, that's probably a reason I like it so much. Similar to that Kowloon Walt City band. I mm. talked to, talk to you guys about before. But, uh, cool. So I have one kind of like stray thing that I came across. Um, so I was like just digging around on NOLA DIY earlier and they have like a historical analysis section, which I really like. They list out like every show they've ever played, um, which is an insane amount. Yeah. Um, and the first show that's listed, which they did give a disclaimer that like they played shows before Brian and Josh joined that like weren't aren't on this list. But the first show that was listed, which was when those members were there, Brian's the vocalist, um, was in 2007 and it was with Caspian, which I thought was kind of funny wow. in Baton oh, wow. Rouge. Yeah. So I guess Caspian must have been like on tour or something. So, okay. So speaking of them touring or playing with mm-hmm. a touring band, if, if, in a post-COVID world, they were playing in your town tonight. That makes zero sense, but bear with me. If they were playing in your town tonight, would you go see them? It's a dumb question. No, dumb no. question. I'm following any show within a <laughs> two-hour drive yeah. or maybe three. I'm, I'm there. I don't know if any of us has said it yet, but this is like one of my favorite live bands. Uh, they sound mm-hmm. amazing live. Yes. It's worth They're the experience. Very, they very are recommended. They sound very like good. a band that practices a lot i don't know how to do it. i mean they just sound really good like mm-hmm. they sound better than their records it's just so fun like just yeah. watching them play and listening and just, just like, like enjoying the being like, in their presence extremely loud yes yeah. guitars and everything going it's, it's so very fun. cool so zach would you go i'm gonna say maybe like <laughs> it d- <laughs> we would drag you there. depends on how late you know like yeah <laughs> who's gonna be there no I'd, I'd probably go i like just to at least experience it you know Mm-hmm. One time we saw them twice in a single day. We that sounds <laughs> exhausting. We, we went to Providence did, like, to see a matinee. matinee in Providence. Yeah. yeah, and then we drove out to Buffalo, New York. Albany. Or, sorry, Albany. Albany. Wow. <laughs> How did you say it? Albany. Albany. That's the way I Albany, said it. Georgia. Albany. Yeah. So I would definitely be at this show. I would be yep. what I normally do when I go see Thou. I mean, I've seen them a lot. Not as much as you guys at this point. I had children, you know. Well, they do all ages shows, so... Also, we live yeah. up in an area where it makes it easier to go see them multiple, multiple times. times like, yeah. They'll play Boston, Providence, New Hampshire. Yeah, mm-hmm. we have to drive to like Shreveport, and then I think I've seen them at Dallas, nineteen nineteen Hemp Hill in Fort Worth. Good Records in Dallas, the Bowling Alley in Sons of Herman Hall with True Widow. That's one of like my favorite shows I ever oh, went that, to. That'd be a good show. They also played. With, I've seen them with the Body two or three times i think and the yeah. body is another band that like it is an amazing experience getting to see them play live um 
not only the visuals and the sounds, but the smells. <laughs> okay, so we talked a little bit about how I may or may not try to rip them off on a guitar. I've heard it. I've, One of I've my heard it live. Favorite things to do is you know I watch them play and it's just like I know when they're going to play like a fifth or a octave, right? And I will just see how, what they're how they're fingering the guitar to try to get an idea of what their tuning is, and then learn a little bit more about how they get the sound. I mean, I think it's a very unique sound and the, the tunings are at least in my opinion, strange. And, um, it's hard to, it's hard to replicate just with like your standard, standard tool set on the guitar. You know, I used to try to pick their brains a little bit about it, but you always feel a little weird asking too many questions and I don't want to be annoying, yeah. you know, but sure. One one time what did I, they tell you that what was the best nugget they told you? They don't use that thick of strings. Like you guys know, like I string up my, mm-hmm. for when I play this type of stuff. Like I have telephone pole wire on my guitars, you know, yeah, mm-hmm. bass strings and stuff. They don't do that. They they play like a normal twelve to sixty whatever set. And the trick that they say they do is when they wind it up or whatever, they don't ever go further than where they're tuning. Right. So if you're going to tune it to a B tune it up to B don't don't tune it up to C or D or whatever like mm-hmm. just tune it up to B and leave it there and mm-hmm. let the strings break in themselves and it, it'll sound fine but hmm. it doesn't sound that good to me when I do it you know what I mean <laughs> that's the that's maybe they're the trying mystique, to sabotage man. you yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's the mystique of it alright well Zach no Hannah what's the choice for next week I'm Easy. excited <laughs> Yeah, so for next week, um, I chose an album that did come out earlier this year. Um, it's the album Brat by Namdi. I don't know if any of you guys have listened to it. I know Patrick has because I've shown it to him. But. I have not. I don't even know about this band. All right. I have no idea what this is. I'm excited. Cool. All right. Thank you for listening if you've made it this far. Join us next week. We'll discuss Brat by Namdi. If you need help tracking that down or have a question or anything, shoot us an email at clubclub at heartaudiocables.com. We'll be happy to hear from you. And uh, we'll see you next time. Have a good one. <laughs>